Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, thank you for joining us online. Um, another wonderful day, another wonderful opportunity to just lift up God. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for everything you do. Uh, we stand in awe all the time. Today is, uh, we're celebrating Mother's Day. And um, though I didn't do the message about that, but we have a little thing at the end. I'd just like to read honoring womanhood. You know, it's a whole other conversation about the critical value of femininity and womanhood and why God designed us who we are and how we are and the way he set up the, the way and the whys that of, of the family unit that he set up for us. And that's a whole other sermon for another day. Um, but we'll touch on that in the very end because I do want to honor um, just godly womanhood. Um, but in the meantime, I just want to touch on... Um, I don't know, some things that were just on my mind before I even really start here is, as a church, as a body of believers, what is our identity and where is it found in? It was just something that was running through my mind. I was praying about it and just this came to me as our identity is so simple as that we are a people that love God and are loved by God. I just don't want to Take it anywhere other than that. Because what falls under loving God, honoring God, um, uh, loving Jesus, wanting to be like Jesus, and displaying the fruits of the Holy Spirit, all those other things. So I'm just going to leave that right where it is, because those are all other sermons. And that we are loved by God. That again, we can look at this universal being that always was, always is, and will always be, that spoke the universe into being, and yet he has a desire to have that fellowship relationship with us. I go back all the time to, and I'm blown away when Jesus tells us, this is how you pray. And he starts with, our Father God in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father God. Right there. I can stop there for a moment. Be like, our Father, my Father. You know, I was raised by a single mom, not to cry or whine about it or anything like that. I know there's that stories for a whole lot of people. And, um, you know, I know, and you were mentioning Chris, how he was talking about his dad wasn't there and, you know, and he'd be at, after the football game and all the guys would have their dads come. And I've had some very similar experiences to that too. And, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, I never thought of anything at, of it at the time. It was just my reality. Uh, but I can think now that God wants to have that kind of relationship with us and we can kind of really gloss that over. Like it's not a big deal until we start to realize how we, small we are again into comparison to who God is. <sighs> what is the character? What is our character? What's our culture? Individually and as a church. Individually, our character and our culture should and will be that we desire to honor God, to love Jesus, and to be led by the Holy Spirit. I know I'm not throwing out any brain busters or anything new, you know, but if we hold on to those steadfastly, then we are going to see a fruit of what God has for us. That we are, then we are going to be able to step into alignment with his will and we, were going to, we are going to be able to follow into the plans and purposes that he has called us to. A lot of people all the time are like, what am I supposed to be doing? What's my place? What's my part in this? What has God put before me? And sometimes you get an answer and sometimes you don't. But I truly believe that we, if we, and I put a desire because 
in our humility, we know that all we can do is strive to this the best we possibly can. Thank God for grace. Not freedom of grace to justify sin, but freedom in grace to walk this out and stumble and get back up. Because if it weren't for that, we'd stumble, fall, and quit and go home. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that we can desire, that we can strive to honor God, to love Jesus, and to be led by the Holy Spirit as individuals. So what is our character and our culture corporately? Corporately, we desire to honor God. Corporately, we love Jesus. And corporately, we desire to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's the same exact thing. And that's how we put our hearts together. That's how we align ourselves together in fellowship and move forward parallel towards what Christ has for us, what God has for this church. That our identity is alike and the same. I love the imagery of of Jesus when he was um, sitting down and eating with sinners or he was sitting down and eating with Gentiles, which at the Jewish time, that Jewish culture, oh my goodness, this is going to go fast. In the Jewish culture, and I love that imagery, I may just have to cut it short and do a part two and a part three. And that's something I never thought of is how in the Jewish culture, and it totally makes sense. Now I'm like, oh, why didn't I ever think of that? Is they would sit down together and they would have the same food in the middle and eat with their hands and they'd be eating together. And the statement was, and the reality is, the same nourishment that you're taking in, I'm taking in, which makes me like you and you like me. This binds us together as one people, simply the fact of eating together. We come, to here, come here, we are fed together by the Holy Spirit. That our hearts are in alignment. What makes me, me, makes you, you too. Of course, we're individuals and different ideas and opinions and this and that. But essentially, when it comes down to the core basics of this identity, we love God and we're loved by God. You are me and I am you and we're in this together. And that aligns our hearts together and it aligns our hearts with the will of God. And there we go, up to the top of this mountain, right? <clears throat> so what, our, what is our mission in this? I'll have to back up for a second. I, I truly, you know, I almost feel like I failed in a way, but at the same time I look back and thank God for grace that there's that statement, a church without vision is destined to die, you know. And I can honestly tell you, have I really had a true, like, this is the vision of South Coast Church. I've been here, we're coming up on three years in June. And have I really had God say, this is the vision for a church since I've taken over from Chris? No. And I've felt a little pressure about that, about wanting to provide you, and you deserve it, you rate it. It's not fair to you that there is no vision. But, but I can't make that up, because then it becomes about me. And I have more of a fear of doing that than I have of saying, we're going to have to wait until God puts that before us. I hope you're okay with that and you join me in this. And I know I'm asking this of you, I'm putting it there. This is not my church, this is our church. This is Jesus' church, and we're in this together. The cool thing, though, is recently, as I've been praying, as I've been saying, what is your vision for this church, Lord? Something's coming. Something's coming. I feel some stirring. I feel some words. And the last few sermons, I think, have been kind of leading in that direction. And the ones many before that talking about being led into maturity, I think, have everything to do with receiving our mandate and our mission and our vision and moving forward in that. And that's why I think God really has us going back, what is your identity? 
What is your identity as a church? We love God and we're loved by God. I don't need to go any farther than that. Anything beyond that, I think, is just babbling and rambling. Our character and our culture, I think it's simple. We honor God, we love Jesus, and we're led by the Holy Spirit, which is why we can have the patience to wait and move when it's time to move. Our mission is to honor God. We talked about that two weeks ago. Behind that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week. And a little bit we'll talk about today, but probably go more into it next week or the week after, is making disciples of the nations. There's nothing groundbreaking or super creative, at least not on my behalf, but I believe this is straight from God. And we're going to have some sub stuff come after that. And I, I truly feel that God is starting to put that mandate together for us. Broad brush strokes first, and then we're going to start to get the, uh, the details. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you're with me in this too. And, and I think you're going to be excited too, because we're a church full of leaders and people that are eager to move forward. It's coming. It's coming. Something's coming. So as I start, two weeks ago, we discussed honoring God. I'm just going to retouch on this real quick. We recognize and acknowledge his sovereignty, his righteousness, and his love. We worship him as we lay down our lives for his will and walk in obedience. Walking under the covering of his grace while yearning for righteousness. Walking under the covering that is provided by his grace so that we don't stumble and give up. We get up because God told us to get up and he knew we would fail and he forgives us anyway. And at the same time in our humility understanding that we don't abuse his grace to justify sin. It's a whole other sermon to all these man. Sometimes I wonder, man, am I going to run out of subjects to talk about, Lord, after three years of talking? No, it always goes layer and layer and layer, you know. But in that humility, that we have a heart that yearns for righteousness, that strives for righteousness, that as we're striving to be more and more like Jesus, we're kicking sin out of our lives, that we're changing our minds and changing how I think, and we're, like Carolyn Lee says, killing the roots of bad thoughts and habits and ideas and, and growing new roots of righteous thoughts and righteous ideas and righteous responses. Those are the ways in which we honor God. We walk in humble confidence as we are aware of our sin nature, yet reliant on and thankful for the finished work of the cross. By grace and through faith in Jesus Christ, we are assured of salvation. We honor God because we trust him. We honor God by trusting what he said and believing that it's true and believing that he's not a God that changes his mind. So as we would have received the gospel message, as we've received the truth of Jesus Christ, we are assured of our salvation. Again, another point of confidence that we walk, can walk in, in both humility and boldness, right? <clears throat> our response is to seek the fullness of the knowledge of Jesus Christ as we honor God. And last week we dis discussed spreading the gospel. We are called to a life of daily evangelism. As we are led by the Spirit, we produce and display the fruit of the Holy Spirit into a sin-sick world. Very simple. Hard to understand by a lot of people, and I, I, think, I think we got this grasped. That our ministry is always before us. And wherever we, are, wherever we are, that's where God put us. And we are there for a reason, with a mission and a, person, per, mission and a message and a purpose. I mean, I come in here to work out with all these friends. 
Thank God it's been on my heart that God says, you are there bringing about the kingdom. If my mind is set on kingdom things, then wherever I set, I'm bringing about the kingdom. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Well, very well, if the Holy Spirit, the same kingdom, is residing in here, then I brought it in with me. There's a responsibility, there's an obligation, and a joy that comes along with that. Because if we want the Spirit of God in here, we'll bring it. Display it, be it, live it. Those are ways in which we spread the gospel. That's one way (laughs) that we do. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I love that. Against those, there's no law against those things. Isn't that awesome? We get to be loving and self-controlled. We get to be gentle and kind and good and faithful. Those who belong to Christ or Jesus Christ, or those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That display of the, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And again, that's, I look at that and go, man, somebody could take that and be like, oh, so you're just going to go out there and fake the funk. Or when I talk to people about paddling out into a lineup and saying, you have to say hi to people and have a smiley face. I think I already told you a story, but I'll go through it real quick as I watch my time dwindle away very fast. My son said, you're always talking to people out there. I notice that. I notice it all the time. Do you like doing that? And I said, honestly, it was outside of my nature at first to do that. But I truly felt a conviction on my heart to do that. Please know that I'm not pumping myself up. This is one of the few times that I was responsive to God and saw fruit from it. Then there's other times that I wrestle, not because of God, because of me. So I'm in this with you. But this has been my experience, is that as I started doing that, making the attempt, I have to smile. I have to, I'm going to put it on myself. I'm going to have to smile and be nice to three people out here, minimum, you know, and all that stuff. But it would always end up more. Or I'd say, all I got to do is smile and not have a mean face and say, hey, how's it going? And it would result in a conversation and a name and a new friend, you know? And then it was easy. And then it was enjoyable. And now I would be distressed if I left the water without having said hi to somebody. You know? Because it's more than just surfing. It's about bringing about his kingdom. And has his kingdom gone into the lineup? Has his will been been done out in the lineup? By the simple fact of making a relationship and trying to break that culture of competitive anger and hostility into joy and happiness and calm and well, what did we just talk about? Being gracious and patient and kind and good and loving. We have to break ourselves <laughs> pretty much out of our normal things. But so the answer to my son was yes. So as we display the things of the Holy Spirit, I could say, well, we don't want to fake it. But at the same time, I wouldn't want you saying, well, I don't feel like displaying the Holy Spirit from a heartfelt point, so I'm just going to be impatient or unkind or unloving. I would say this, it is on us, if we're following Christ, to display the fruits of the Holy Spirit, even when you're not feeling it. 
but it's going to get easier. And as we dig more, as we pray more, as we become more and more like Christ, then those fruits of the Holy Spirit aren't going to be things we just do. They're going to be things that we are. They're going to be responses. They're going to flow. They're going to come out. And all of those things that we just listed are pretty contrary to the way of the world. Extremely contrary. I would say the ways of the natural world are very selfish, are very impatient, are all about immediate gratification at anybody's expense. The ways of the natural realm right now are not about self-control at all. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. No way. That's not what Hollywood tells us. That's not what we see going on out in the lost and dying world that God told us was going to happen out in a, in a world that is denying the light on purpose because it wants to do what it wants to do hidden in darkness. And it's on us through the fruits of the Holy Spirit to bring about light. That's where our ministry is. And that's going to result in questions and comments. We seek and embrace opportunities to share our testimony. So as we live this out, we display the fruits of the Holy Spirit. People are going to ask questions, and then we're going to have an opportunity to share that testimony. What is that testimony? It's not only our history, where I can say, oh, I came from a single mother home. You know, I this, I this, I this. I can figure it. I, 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 I. It's not about I, me, me, me. Remember, it's about this is where I was, and then Jesus. And not only did Jesus take me from where I was, to, and then Jesus from death to life, but he's taking me somewhere great. And I have faith, and I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to it. I love the imagery that God has put in my eyes about Peter standing on the water. That, or when Peter was in the boat, he didn't just on his own say, I'm going to test the Lord and step out of the boat, or have some weird inclination and just step out of the boat. He saw Jesus. Jesus showed himself. He saw Jesus standing on the water. Jesus is capable Jesus was calling him. He said, Jesus is capable, he's real, he's willing, and he's calling me to this. And then he stepped out in faith. Not faith in nothing, not faith in himself, faith in the risen Lord. Standing before him on the water. We've had that same opportunity. And we have to have a desire to tell other people, this is where I was and then I stepped out of the boat. Because Jesus. Because he can and he's able, and he's willing, and he called me, and he's calling you too. And now it's just about being sick of this and getting out of the boat. God is good. We have to embrace those opportunities and be ready at all times for that testimony, and that testimony is powerful. talked about the power of life and death in our own tongues. Our testimony can bring life. It is the weapon we've been given immediately. On the day you were saved, you had your testimony. That's amazing. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the intention of seeing the lost brought into salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that it's nothing we can do, but we can point them towards Jesus, and the Holy Spirit can move people and change people. Again, that two degrees of turning from death to life. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We talk all the time about ministering in the lives of Muslims or Mormons or Jehovah's Witness or just the unsaved or whoever. 
and it can be very contentious towards us. We have to watch out and remember that we're not to be contentious towards anybody. We're supposed to bring the truth. Think that term, I've heard it a few times, sometimes I like it, now I'm starting to wonder about it, but speaking truth to power, you know, I've heard that term a bunch of times. Well, we live in the natural world right now, and sometimes it can very much feel like we're surrounded by the enemies of the gospel. Well, it should, because that's the reality of where we're at. So don't be surprised by that. And when we start to fight back, we got to remember, we can't be fighting back. We have to be trusting in the power of Jesus Christ and speaking truth to power. Just speak the truth and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Trust and believe in that. Rest in that. And know that we can't save anybody. There's only one name by which men can be saved. And that has to be through a prompting of the Holy Spirit. That was all precursors of two weeks ago and then last week. And I didn't even touch the sermon, which we'll probably talk about two weeks from now. Next week that um, Rob is going to preach. And we're looking forward to what he has for us. And right now I just wanted to read this out. And I just want to honor, because it is Mother's Day. And I just don't want to get hung up there and stop on Mother's Day. Again, in this dying world that wants to destroy masculinity, destroy femininity, and then mush them together and say there is no difference. We know that that's not the truth. We want to honor women and recognize the critical value of womanhood, wifehood, motherhood, all those things to our culture, to us individually and personally, to our nation, for, for standing by and embracing who God called you to be. And I just want to read this real quick. And of course, you've heard it before, but that's okay because it's beautiful. Proverbs Chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. The wife of noble character. I just love the description. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is far more, she is worth far more than rubies. And who can find just stands for, who can find meaning we all. It's really a speech to a young man. Who's, and, and he's telling the young man, you need to strive with all your heart to find this woman of noble character. That's how critically valuable she is to you. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She collects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it out of her earnings She plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected in the city gates, is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. 
She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. To the women here, to the women online joining us, to all women around, at least from my behalf, but I would say from all of manhood, we love you so much. We praise you. We lift you up. It's a whole other sermon. I'm already four minutes late, darn it. I look at a world that is trying to tell womanhood that masculinity is saying you're weak, you're not smart, you're not industrious, you're not capable. But we look right here in the Bible and it's talking about industriousness and strength and strength of character. That's physical strength and strength of character and faithfulness and wisdom the critical value of the instruction to her children. And we thank you so much for that. That is who you were called to be, and that is the value that you have and that you provide, and it is sky high, sky high. Don't deny that. Don't walk away from that. Don't believe for a second that you aren't honored among God's people and aren't honored by God who created you for that purpose and with that intention. For it was not good that man was alone. It was not good. We need you. We need everything that you are and everything that you were called to be. And I thank you for that. So let's pray real quick. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We lift up these women to you. These wives, these mothers, these sisters, these daughters. That you would encourage them in their femininity. That you would encourage them in the critical value that that femininity femininity provides for our culture, for our church, for our nation, for our families. That list can go on and on and on. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We lift you up, Lord, and we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for your word. We rest in your embrace. Help us, Lord, to walk in your grace, to employ your wisdom as we walk this life out, And to be bold and confident when it comes time to spread that gospel message. That we would see people saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you Lord.